Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hi, everybody. It's Doc from the John Freakin' Mirpod, and I want to let you know about our new website on WordPress. Take a few minutes and check it out. You'll be able to find pictures of the pod's guests, links to the podcast and social media accounts, ways to support the pod, how to get in touch, and our entire back catalog is there, including episode summaries. Missed these sections of the JMT episodes? You can find them there. Missed a Triple Crowner episode? Yep, that's there too. World travelers, adventure athletes, polar explorers, Barkley Marathon competitors, authors, filmmakers, documentarians, and more are waiting for you. Take a look at the new website, and just a reminder, adventure lives here. Once a year, go somewhere you have never been before. The Dalai Lama. So all of the islands are interconnected through either ferry rides. Most of them, the main ones, are connected through um, underground tunnels, um, you know, under the water, which is really fun. Um, And then a side note of driving there, the tunnels are one way. There's one tunnel that's two way, um, but the tunnels are one way, but two way traffic with little, we call them chicken, like playing chicken cutoffs that you basically are just watching for and hoping that the person has their headlights on. Um, and you're just going until someone, you know, cuts off and dips off and hope that everything is timed right. And then you keep going. So it's crazy. I'm Doc, 
and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Welcome to the John Freaking Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, on to this week's episode. As many of our regular listeners know, I've been looking for someone to come onto the podcast who has hiked on the Faroe Islands. I've, I've seen just some incredible images on Instagram of the Faroes with its steep, angular cliffs and amazing scenery. And just, I need to have somebody on that can talk about it. And up to this point, we haven't had anybody. So, well, through the magic of social media, I was able to secure this week's guest, Cassie Johannes. Welcome to the pod, Cassie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, I know you've done some hiking out there. Have you picked up a trail name up to this point? I haven't, no. <laughs> but okay. maybe after this podcast, maybe I will. <laughs> okay, we'll be on the lookout for a trail name for you then. All right, perfect. <laughs> All right. Hey, have you listened to the podcast before? I haven't. So I was, yeah, this is all uh, new for me. So really, like you said, Nikki, a uh, mutual friend, is following you and connected us via social media. So yeah, she is the top commenter on my social media and on, I the, believe pod- it. on the podcast. She, uh, <laughs> she says a lot of nice things out there. So I'm yes. grateful for her, uh, for those comments and also for hooking us up here to have you come on and talk about the Faroe Islands. Yeah. So the only, reason awesome. I, the only reason I asked about uh, whether or not you've listened to the, uh, the podcast before is to give you a heads up on a regular segment we do. It's called the Pro Tip Insight of the Week. And so what that is, is as we get to the end of the episode, I'm going to turn to you and I'm going to say, Cassie, what is your Pro Tip Insight of the Week for our listeners? What can you share with them to make their next outside experience even more epic? So we're looking for you for some, some wisdom and some insight. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Hey, another feature we've been doing this season is the must bring gear review. Here's how it works. If you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. Cassie, what's your, what's your must bring piece of gear? Well, right now, because we're hiking with three children, (laughs) um, I mean, my backpack obviously is imperative. I have to have all of the snacks, diapers, water, all of the pertinent things for the kids and everything. So um, right now we're just hiking with an Osprey backpack that's lightweight and I'm, you know, loving it and it gets all the stuff that I need to get in. Um to have on the trail with us for all three children, which is super helpful. (laughs) Nice. Now, how old are the children? So I have a nine-year-old girl, a seven-year-old boy, and then an eight-month-old. Eight-month-old. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She's been hiking since, well, we took her up to the Dolomites in Italy when she was six weeks old. So she was up in the mountains, just being carried and 
along for the ride. Has no idea all the cool things that she's seen already. <laughs> so she's been hiking since before she was walking. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> she, yep, she's, she gets the best ride on all the hikes too. <laughs> now you mentioned you're in Italy, the Dolomites. And so we should probably share with our listeners the, the, uh, the specifics of this episode um, interview and that it's early morning in Southern California where I am and it's uh, early evening where you are in Italy. Yep. Yep, exactly. So we're, we are in uh, Naples, Italy. So we're in Southern Italy. Uh, my husband is in the military. He's active duty army. So we're stationed here. We've been here for almost three years and um, yeah, just, I mean, we, every place that we go and we've been fortunate enough to live in amazing places, you know, our goal is just to explore, travel, hike, adventure as much as we can every place that we live and Italy is a phenomenal place to be able to do that. Yeah in, in addition to the Dolomites what else have you seen in Italy? Well just this past weekend we went to Castellabate. I'm probably going to butcher all the names today but that's okay we're going to just do the best I can. Uh, we were hiking out there um, along the Tyrrhenian Sea. Um, I mean, with the Dolomites, Tuscany, Puglia has some of the best beaches we've ever seen, clearest water, Tropea. Um, we've been north, south, east, west, because, and especially this past year, being confined more to our region in Italy. We unfortunately haven't been able to get out of Italy as much as we typically were the first two years. So we've been really forced to just really focus on Italy, which is the worst thing to have to travel and stay. Um, so we've done a ton. I mean, you name it. Italy has something for everyone, whether you want to drink wine, lay on the beach, hike in mountains, go on lakes, you know, you name it. Italy has it. Wow. Are you getting a retainer from the Italian Travel Bureau? I wish. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> we definitely are helping keep their economy going right now. That's for sure. I'm happy Very to do my part. <laughs> Very good. Now, Italy, not far from Switzerland. Any, any hiking in the Alps? Yep. So we've done a lot of hiking uh, in the Alps. Not so much on this go-round. We did skiing. Uh, we went skiing last this time last year, two years ago, sorry. Um, but we had also been stationed in Germany 12 years ago. So we lived in Germany and we didn't have children then. So we did a ton of traveling, but, um, we did, we went up in Switzerland when we first moved here, the very first summer that we moved to Italy. Um, and this is, you'll hear me say this all the time in, in Southern Italy, um, during the summertime, it's way too hot, way too many people, way too many tourists for us. We enjoy cooler weather in nature, you know, up in the mountains. And so our first summer that we were here, we went and spent two weeks in Switzerland and just bebopped around, found different trails, hiked. I mean, the mountains there, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. We've done canyoning. We went canyoning and whitewater rafting and zip lining. The, our favorite, um, they're called Alpine Coasters. They're roller coasters through the mountains that you just ride on. You know, the kids are riding by themselves. You're just, it's breathtaking. You're looking at these gorgeous mountains. Cows are right beside you. It's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's a definite uh, must-visit destination on my list. I've got yes. to get to Switzerland and, and the Alps. It just looks incredible. Yes, 100%. Do it. Yeah. 
All right. Hey, let's back up a second and uh, talk about your background and growing up and how you got involved in the outdoor experience. So uh, yeah. you grew up in the States. Where'd you grow up? Yep. So I grew up in Houston, Texas. Uh, so we do not have mountains there. We have really large anthills that we like to joke about. Um, but I was a, a competitive soccer player. So played soccer starting at four, competitive U.S. national team, played at Oklahoma State University. Um, so very active and love. Well, hang, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Let's back up. National, U.S. national team. How did I not know about this going into the interview? <laughs> yeah, I, did not so, do, I did not do my homework. <laughs> What's going on? No, they have this, uh, we have this awesome program. It's called the Olympic Development Program, ODP. Yep. And um, I was a big participant in it for the U16 and U18 um, national, national, excuse me, national pools. So yeah, big, big soccer player, earned a scholarship to play at Oklahoma State, played there all four years. Um, and, you know, not a lot of mountains in Oklahoma either. <laughs> no. what, what position did you play in soccer? So center midfield. Okay. Yep. Yes, a lot of running. Very active. Yep. <laughs> uh, four knee surgeries, you know, also did a number on my knees. So, um, you know, I played, I always been active in every sport. Soccer just happened to be the one that I was the best at and I could, you know, pay for my college. So focused on that. Um, growing up, you know, my parents always had us going on ski trips and outdoorsy vacations. And so it was always instilled in me that, you know, being active, taking care of your body, moving, enjoying nature was just, you know, something that you do. So after college, I was looking for different ways to stay active. I was pretty burnt out from soccer, also kind of destroyed my body. <laughs> so, um, you know, I was just looking for different ways to stay active. And there was a few places in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I lived after um, college and did some hiking there, picked up traveling um, realized that I'm not a big city person could be that I grew up in Houston, Texas, but you know, every trip that I plan and try to go on, I'm out in the country off the beaten path, driving, looking for waterfalls, all that stuff. So. Right. Now, did you, um, ever do any overnight backpacking growing up I, or was it just camping or just, just being outdoors and, and doing day hikes? Yeah, more camping, day hiking. I have not done any overnight backpacking. That is definitely a bucket list. Mm -hmm. um, my husband, you know, active duty army ranger, like he's definitely had his fair share of probably not that the type of backpacking that he would want to be doing. Um, but, you know, I think it one day I hope that he and I can do that together. His schedule is pretty crazy and then kids came along and everything like that. Right. But it's definitely on my bucket list to do. Okay. And so you, you've, you've done a lot of traveling or you, yes. sounds like. Uh, what places have you visited uh, besides the Faroe Islands? Well, I've been to 55 countries. Um, so a lot of uh, all over. I mean, pretty much every country in Europe. Um, there's a few that we're not going to get to see prior to leaving here. Unfortunately, our plans um, were different this past year. <laughs> but I mean, we've we've been Norway, Sweden, Finland, you know, Germany, France, Switzerland, Austria, Liechtenstein, Luxembourg, every country in Europe. 
um, Egypt. Hey, speaking, speaking of Luxembourg, yeah. did you know that the John Freaky Mirpod is number two on their wilderness podcasting uh, chart right now? So Wow, good for you, go. you. That's awesome. Very cool. It's a really cool country. You'll have to go there when yeah. you're going to Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be a celebrity there. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then we lived in Hawaii. We were stationed in Hawaii prior to um, coming to Naples, Italy. And so we, I was, had my heart set on traveling to Australia and New Zealand, to other amazing places to hike. Um, be out, like Milford Sound in New Zealand was one of, besides the Ferris Islands, like it's up there with the Ferris Islands, I was like, what planet am I on? This is unbelievable. So... Egypt, Tunisia, you know, we've, we've, Israel, that was our big trip last year. We've gone all everywhere. I mean, I want to see every country. So <laughs> I need things to open back up. <laughs> Got right. a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. I had a guest on last season. His name was uh, Rick Gazarian. He goes by Global Gaz. He has a, his, he has a podcast and his podcast focuses solely on the people who are either have or are in the middle of their process of visiting all 193 UN recognized countries. Mm-hmm. And so That's you've been awesome. to 55, you're about, yep. you know, a fourth of the so way, a third I of the way there. It. You can do I it. Know. Absolutely. I can do it. <laughs> I know. I need to set a goal of, uh, you know, X amount of countries by this, you know, X age for me. And I'm better with very specific goals to make it happen. So obviously being over here in Europe, it's, it is so easy to see a lot of countries, um, especially when we lived in Germany, we could, you know, drive to France for the day and come mm-hmm. back. So I'm so thankful for that. And for the first two years here, we were able to do a ton and, and take the kids around. You know, it's, it's awesome. I must much prefer taking them all over and paying for that than toys and games and, and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. yeah. now you, you mentioned uh, being stationed in Hawaii, Germany, Italy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you kind of alluded to uh, uh, maybe a change of scenery coming up. Is there a new deployment? There is. So we are actually moving May 17th. So very short coming up uh, from Italy and we're heading to Charleston, South Carolina. So definitely, definitely, you know, another ocean, another coast, um, uh, another, just another different state that we haven't lived in another area to explore. I've already started getting on some Instagram accounts, looking for North and South Carolina, North Carolina's got some great mountains, you know, some ski resorts up there. So starting to get our adventures planned for there. We'll be there for short, uh, two, two short years. It'll go by really fast. So need to fill up our calendar. Oh, I was going to say that, you know, you're closer to the Appalachian trail, but in the Appalachian uh, trail, yeah. I mean, you could do some day hikes on it, but with the, yeah. uh, the kids at their current ages and your husband still uh, doing what yeah. he does, probably won't get to do, you know, take three or four months off and, and do the whole thing. Right. So that's his, that is his major bucket list with the buddy of his that he grew up with. He is, from the day I met him, he has said that he wants to do that trail, um, the whole thing, you know, and camp and all that stuff. So maybe one day, maybe when he's done with the army and he has time, he can go do it <laughs> and I'll join him along the way. <laughs> well, you'll have to point him in the direction of one of our episodes, uh, season two, with Jeebs, he's a triple crowner, and he was uh, in the U.S. Navy. Yeah, retired awesome. as a lieutenant commander, and it was on his bucket list to do the AT. And mm-hmm. he showed up to the to Springer Mountain 
with a 50 pound pack on his back and uh, wasn't quite sure what he got himself into, but an incredible story. He went on from, from doing the AT to doing the Continental Divide Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail in the next two years. So in the matter of wow. three years, he, he did the three long trails in the U.S. That's awesome. Very cool. I'll have to check that out for sure. Yeah. Yep. Very good. Yeah. All right. So um, this is the first time back in the States for you in a while? Yeah. So I, the last time it was um, two Christmases ago. So it's been a while. My daughter was born, our baby was born over here in Italy. So mm-hmm. she's never been in the States. Uh, so when we go back in May, that'll be her first time. And then, yeah, we haven't been back in a couple of years. So we're, we're missing it. We, you know, we were, we were far away from family in Hawaii. We're far away from family again mm-hmm. in Italy. So we're excited to get back, but, um, you know, the, our weekends are a lot more fun over here, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably, you know, saying that we're hopping over to France for the weekend. Right. We'll be doing that. <laughs> yeah. Be hopping over to uh, North Carolina the beach. Yeah, yeah. North Carolina, okay. Kiowa Island. Maybe I've checked out. Yeah. Lots of beaches. Yeah. We'll find and stuff. These days I've been hopping from the family room to the living room to the backyard occasionally. So, yep, I know it is not, not fun. And there for a while we were, you know, had the hard lockdown, like you guys are experiencing, um, of not being allowed outside and we live in an apartment building and, it's just, oh, it has not been good. Not been good for the, the soul. We need to be outside. Yeah. Now, your youngest daughter that was born in Italy, does she have dual citizenship? She doesn't because she is military. Okay. Um, you know, she's military dependent. And then the one building that we own on the military base that we rent and lease from the Italians is the hospital. So technically, it's considered American right. um, ground so she does not but she does have an italian birth certificate and little fun fact yes we live in naples italy but the town that is on her birth certificate is Gresciano di aversa so every time she has to write where she's from or her place of birth it's Gresciano di aversa we kind of hosed her on that one <laughs> very good it and sounds cool but naples would have been a lot easier yeah it just rolls off your tongue there but uh that's that's yeah. a lot to bubble in on the standardized tests or i know kind of i think forms. <laughs> i know unfortunately she can't we uh yeah gave her a big hard one so nice and do the kids go to an american school they do. So we have a Department of Defense school here on base. And so the majority of the kids that they go with are American uh, military kids. Uh, there's a few because my husband actually works for NATO. Um, so he is, you know, big in the NATO community. And there's um, a few NATO children from Canada, Germany, um, Denmark, I believe, that also go to the school. Um, that my kids are at so but mostly Americans that they're with so we immersed them in the Italian program when we got here and they learned enough Italian to get by we all have but we we were traveling so much to so many different countries at the beginning that when they were needing to use their Italian we weren't using it as much because we were in Germany using our German and um, so just all all different places what a what a life experience for them just growing up yeah. in in different countries and having that experience incredible yeah yeah that's what we try to tell them and remind them you know wherever we're stationed we've been in you know Illinois and 
California and Hawaii, Oklahoma, like all different places that every place that we go, we just need to learn the, uh, the area, do adventures, explore, give back, um, you know, and embrace the different areas and places and cultures that we get to experience. It's, it's a really cool life. You got to make the best of it. They definitely go through some hardships for sure with their parent, active duty parent gone a ton. So, but it's all about the mindset and, you know, how you kind of tackle it. So. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Hey, let's turn to hiking. Now, uh, I, I know you said you were a soccer player and you had, did you say four knee surgeries? Four knee surgeries and an ankle surgery and oh. yeah, I've kind of beat up my body. <laughs> so what, what were the nature of those injuries? Were they both knees? Was it one bad knee in particular? Yep. So both knees have had two surgeries. Um, both were, uh, one was ACL, NCL, and then the second surgery was cartilage, um, ACL uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much everything, ACL, NCL, lateral, medial, meniscus, cartilage, kind of just torn it all. <laughs> so yeah, my knees aren't great, uh, unfortunately, and I definitely feel it on my hikes. It's actually this, it's funny, this past weekend, uh, when we were hiking, some of our friends that we were with had poles. And I honestly, I've, I've not used poles before and I'm sold. And now I'm like, okay, I got to go get myself some poles. I'm at that point. <laughs> I felt it. I felt a huge difference when we were heading back up the mountain and on the steps and stuff that we were climbing up. I felt a huge difference um, having the poles. Yes. I, I, you have to do polls and it's not just because yeah. your knees. I think anybody yeah. out there should be doing polls. And there are a lot of people who are reticent to do polls because they think, Oh, I'm going to look awkward. You know, people yeah. are going to look at me funny. Yep. No, the polls are a lifesaver going uphill, going downhill. downhill. Yep. Um, the mud. Flat, we hit a lot flat. of mud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, 100%. That was me. I was that person that was like, I'm not there yet. I don't need those yet. And now I'm like, oh, I'm eating a humble piece of pie. I need those poles. <laughs> Give me the poles. And I need them for the kids. Like, right, you know, now and my husband, we all need them. So yep. that's my next purchase. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Now, I noticed that you pronounced the Faroe Islands differently than I did. Okay. Is that because you are worldly, worldly and sophisticated <laughs> and understand and you're doing the native pronunciation? Tell us how it's pronounced again. Probably not. I am just going with, so is it because I'm adding an S on the Ferris Islands? Yes. Ferris. Yeah. Ferris, so like adding, fer- it sounds like a Ferris wheel. Ferris. Yeah. So fair, Ferris Islands. Am I saying it? I don't know. I thought I was saying yeah. it wrong. I, I was going to go with whatever you had. Yeah, no. So I've seen it in all, when I was like planning the trip and everything, I've seen it different. I'm wondering if Pharos is the um, uh, plural that they're adding because I have seen it written as Pharaoh mm-hmm. Island and then Pharos Islands. Um, but uh, yeah, I say Pharos Islands and not for, not for any particular reason. I'm just phonetically saying it. Okay. All right. Very good. I just want to make sure I wasn't, I wasn't making no, a mistake. So. No. You're All good. Right. So how did you end up uh, on, on the Faroes Islands uh, doing those hikes? Obviously uh, your husband wasn't stationed there. No. So, so how Man, did you, pick, how did you pick this destination? You know, how did it come onto your radar? Yeah. So funny story. We same, like I was talking about um, 
earlier, it was our summer trip that we were looking at. Um, you know, your husband, our, my husband gets two weeks of block leave, basically where that means that he has two weeks of time that he could take leave where there's not a lot of big work happening. So we always try to travel during those times. And um, it was a summertime trip again. We wanted to get out of the Naples heat and we were like, let's go north. We had already been to Norway, Sweden, Finland, um, a lot of the other nor northern countries. And we, I had my heart set on Iceland. So the trip actually started out as an Iceland trip and I started doing all the research. It, you know, I knew that we could get to Iceland from the States easy, but I just, when I had my mind set on something, I was like, we're going to Iceland. So started looking up all the stuff on Iceland and I'm looking at the map and I notice, you know, a cluster of islands and I'm like, Oh, what are those? And I zoom in and it says Ferris Islands. And I was like, let me go to Pinterest, which is usually my next thing that I go to, to look up some pictures because if it's not pretty, <laughs> I'm not coming. Um, and I was blown away by the pictures. I mean, you know, every single picture that was there, I was like, wow. So then I started reading about the Ferris Islands and I was like, hey, changed my mind. We're going to Ferris Islands and making that our main trip. What we ended up doing is hopping over to Iceland, but we spent most of our time, we spent eight days in Ferris Islands. And then we did, I think it was five days in Iceland, which is not enough. You need more days in Iceland for sure. Um, but we were going over there knowing that we would probably go back to Iceland from the States, you know, mm -hmm. as well. So that's kind of how it started. It was focusing on Iceland. And then I noticed a cluster of islands. And like I said earlier, I'm an off the beaten path person. I'm, we always, you know, rent our own car, we drive, we find things along the way, you know, we're just not huge into cities and, and stuff like that. So um, the Ferris Islands were just perfect for the type of travel that I like to do. And from your research, did you, I know this isn't your thing, but um, did you notice, is there a multi-day uh, long distance trail on the Faroe Island, Faroe's Islands? Yeah, so there's a lot. I don't specifically remember a multi-day one. I definitely think you could. The thing about the Ferris Islands is they're very desolate. Um, you know, you have like Torshaven is your main um, capital, I believe it is. And then we stayed in um, a different town, took some notes, write it down to hopefully try not to butcher all the names. But um, so we stayed in a different area. It was a little town um, northeast of Torshaven. And those are your two big towns. And it's, they're still pretty small. And then all the little cluster villages, you know, they don't have restaurants. So you, if you're going there to do an overnight one, I'm not saying that you can't, you're definitely, you are just hundred percent committed and you're out there on your own and everything. And then they're, they're not huge islands. So a lot of times you're taking helicopters or um, ferry rides in between the islands, but they only happen every morning. And then there's one in the afternoon and stuff like that. So there probably is that definitely wasn't with the kids. It wasn't on my radar. So I wasn't doing um, specific research on that. Okay. And what, uh, what was your base of operations while you were there? What so time? we, yeah. So the town that we stayed in, hang on, I just want to make sure. Calavix is where we stayed. So you fly into the GAR. Again, I'm probably going to butcher all the names, but there's one airport. There's one main airport. So you fly yeah. into that airport 
and then um yeah we stayed in clavix so um and i actually i liked our base the reason that wasn't initially i was looking at Torshaven because uh it it definitely had more restaurants um you know kind of had some nightlife you know we had kids so we weren't really doing it but i was i was really late on planning this trip and there wasn't anything available in that town that was a and b that we wanted so we always do airbnbs we want kitchens we want to be able to cook and especially for this type of trip you know the first thing that we did is we went to the grocery store right when we got there you have to rent a car in my opinion you need a car there you are going to pay an arm and a leg for it mm. um but it's worth it they do have public transportation, but it's just, it just takes away so much of your time and your freedom to be able to move about at your own pace, your own time, get to a hike, a trail, see a town before sunset, stuff like that. So, um, and you have to book the car way in advance. That's definitely one of my tips because I think we got the last car when I finally made the reservations and pulled the trigger. Um, there was, there was not any vehicles and cause there's only a, set amount of vehicles so that's it (laughs) if you don't get one you are out of luck (laughs) right now getting over there I mean was the airfare expensive it was so that was another thing we flew I was trying to make it as cheap as possible and what I found here in Europe travel we do a lot of one-way flights Um, so we actually were able to fly really cheaply from Naples into Paris and then we did an overnight on points because the next day was a cheaper flight one way from Paris straight into um, uh, Ferris Islands. So my guess is people co- coming from the States would either fly into Iceland or they could fly and connect in Paris. And then it's, um, it was Atlantic Airways, I believe it was, that we flew in on and... Um, it was expensive, but yeah, so no, worth it. <laughs> no, no army ranger discount. No army ranger discount. Oh, Unfortunately, man. I wish. <laughs> and the Airbnb expense is that typical? You know what? What you know, what a Airbnb usually costs depending on. Yeah, the, that was the cheapest part of the whole trip for yeah. sure. The car broke us, <laughs> but um, you know it was for eight days. I think it was like seventeen hundred dollars. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Airbnb was a lot cheaper. Um, And I don't, cause you know, in like New Zealand, when we were going to New Zealand, we were looking at doing the camper van thing. They don't have that option um, like they do in New Zealand. Like I was kind of hoping at least at the time. Um, And you know, tourism might have picked up since we went two years ago. Um, Cause I do feel like, especially with social media and everything, it's getting a lot more traction, but it was, I mean, just a handful of tourists that were there when we were there traveling around that you'd, you'd kind of pass on a couple of different hikes and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, so it uh, the Airbnb wasn't horrible. Not the worst part. <laughs> Not quite as many tourists there as in Southern Italy over the summer. No, it was glorious to get away. <laughs> Way too many people in Southern Italy in the summertime. Nice. Well, hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I think we've got uh, maybe five different hikes to kind of go in depth on over in the Ferros, Ferris Islands. So (laughs) stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. 
Hi, this is Jason Fitzpatrick. I'm a producer, a director, a writer, an editor, photographer, probably best known for a mile, mile and a half. And you're listening to the John Freakin' Muir Podcast. And welcome back. We're talking to Cassie. Uh, I've kind of gone through her, her background, and now we're getting to the nitty-gritty about her time on the Faroes Islands. So... Let's talk about some of these hikes that you did with your family. What are some memorable moments from the uh, from your trip there? Well, I think the biggest thing about the Ferris Islands that I loved was you were feeling like you're in a different world and there was not a lot of people. And we were there in the summertime, which I you know highly recommend. Um, we had the best weather. We had one day, the first day of rain, um, which did actually bump one of our hikes, but we had beautiful blue skies the rest of the time. You could see Iceland from where we were on one of the hikes. And I don't think that that happens very often. I think it is definitely a hit or miss with the Ferris Islands. That's one of the things you always have to be prepared for the change of weather. And I don't know what we did right or how we were so lucky, but our days were just beautiful. And there were so many times just up at the top of the mountain, sitting there watching the kids eat their snacks or their lunch that we packed and just like, just taking a step back and being like, wow, like we are here. We got to do this. This is phenomenal. Now, how many islands are there? So I believe there's 18 I believe there's 18. Don't quote me on that, but I believe I remember reading that. Okay. And so were you able to visit uh, multiple islands or did you spend all your time on one? Nope. So we visited multiple. I believe we saw seven. Um, So all of the islands are interconnected through either ferry rides. Most of them, the main ones are connected through um, underground tunnels, um, you know, under the water, which is really fun. Um, and then a side note of driving there, the tunnels are one way. There's one tunnel that's two way, um, but the tunnels are one way, but two way traffic with little, we call them chicken, <laughs> like buying chicken cutoffs that you basically are just watching for and hoping that the person has their headlights on. Um, and you're just going until someone, you know, cuts off and dips off and hope that everything is timed right. And then you keep going. So it's crazy. (laughs) So it's a one-way tunnel and you could have cars going opposite directions or opposing directions, I I should say. But there are little turnouts that you're able to kind of pull to the side and let the other person go. Yep. Yep. So there, I, you know, I'm sure there's a certain amount of meters that they are away from each other, but as you're driving and they're, they are on both sides, but it it just is, it's it's truly a game of chicken. You're just driving through these tunnels and then you just are zipping over real fast or someone else is zipping over. And there's not, at least from what I had read and what we were noticing, there's not like, sometimes there's priority, you know, like if you're on the priority side, you're the one that dips in. Um, from my recollection, unless we were doing it wrong, that wasn't the case, but we were playing it safe. And anytime we would see headlights, we just would quickly dip over and then try to make it to the next one before we saw headlights again. But definitely adds to the excitement of getting to the places. <laughs> so you're, yeah, you're able to see a lot of the different islands because they're pretty, they're all connected, the main ones. There's a few that you have to take ferries out to. 
Um, and we didn't make it out to a couple of them just time, you know, we didn't have enough time. Right. How long are these tunnels? Gosh, the main one that we would always take from the town we stayed in into Torshaven was, I mean, I feel like it would take us 10 minutes to drive through. So it was pretty cool. And they have them decorated with lights and there's one that has a whale um, painted on it. And so the kids would always get really excited. They'd be like, there's the whale again. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about anybody else. That sounds a little nerve wracking to me. 10 minutes uh, yeah. under the ocean as you're going from one island to another. Yep. It is scary when you're driving in there and you're like, oh, okay, we're underwater right now. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's, uh, let's talk about some of your adventures over there. What, what sites did you see? What stood yeah. Out? yeah. So the very first one that you, you know, again, if you get on Pinterest and or Instagram and you're looking at Faroe Islands, the, I would say the main one is this, um, Mula Foster, again, going to butcher the names, Waterfall. I feel like it's kind of the iconic picture that a lot of people see for Ferris Islands. And it's right by the airport. So we landed, got our car, got groceries. And the other best thing about the summertime is you have daylight until, you know, beyond midnight. Like there's, I think, two hours of the sun actually kind of being down. So our days were really long, which is great because we weren't in a rush to leave in the morning, but then we had plenty of light to do stuff later in the evening. Um, and at the time we didn't have, uh, we didn't have my, my baby. We just had our seven year old and nine year old. Mm -hmm. Um, so you drive, you leave the airport and you drive about 20 minutes to this little town that's called Gasadolor. <laughs> I wish I was better with the, uh, with the names, but um, this town has 18 residents and before they connected a tunnel, um, I think it was in 2004, they connected a tunnel to this town. People, you had to hike and it was one of the longest hikes and you can still hike, but we, just because we drove in to the town, we decided, or flew in late, we decided to, to drive over there. So now you can take the tunnel, you drive, you park in this little town. Um, it was so cute. I think half of the residents were out there cutting hay and they were gathering stuff for probably getting ready for the winter. It was a family. We saw the wives bring the husbands that were working food and wine and they were sitting and just on this amazing cliff with this little town of, you know, 18 little houses up the way, sitting on top of this amazing waterfall. So you just, so we were kind of just taking that in, you know, just watching them. I love always seeing and, you know, trying to immerse ourselves in the local community anytime we go somewhere. So we're just kind of watching them. And um, so then you, you park in that area and you walk through this little gate and you just, you know, it's not a, a far hike by any means, but you go down this hill, maybe about a mile and it gets you almost down to the ocean and you turn far right and look back and it is just unbelievable you've got this waterfall cascading into the ocean the little town is sprinkled on top of it there's a huge mountain um, and the mountains are very cone shaped I, mean, I know you like you see them when you're googling pictures but they're all very cone shaped and it's you know, there was this huge one right behind the town um, very green and lush and the water is super blue and it was just that's when I knew I was like yeah this is, this is my happy place. 
I will yeah. love it here. <laughs> I'm not leaving, actually. I think I told my husband. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now, I always wonder when I see little villages like that out in the middle of such beauty, you know, could I live there? You know, I grew up in the mm -hmm. suburbs of a major metropolitan city and have been, you know, around, you know, population density my whole life. And so I, I wonder, you know, as beautiful as that is, would I go stir crazy? What do you think? Mm -hmm. Would you go stir crazy there or could you, could you make a go of it? I think I would eventually go stir crazy. And it's just, you know, that's part of my nature. I think could be, you know, 15 years of doing this military life with my husband and moving every two years, I get, you know, come two years, I'm like, okay, where are we going next? I actually really enjoy it. I love change. So I do think I would go stir crazy, but there are definitely days, you know, when you're in the hustle and bustle of life where you, I think back of that and I'm like, can you imagine just how easy and chill life would be? And, you know, they, they just are probably enjoying, they probably live really long because they don't have a lot of stress and, um, you know, just hanging out with your family, working in this amazing place. But I'm sure I, I'd be curious to talk to a local person and see how many of them stay on the Faroes Islands and continue to work or do a lot of them leave and, you know, maybe the younger population. I'm, I'd be curious about that. But yeah, I think I would probably be good for six months and then I'd be like, all right. <laughs> Yeah, one of the things that comes up over and over again on the podcast is the simplicity of through hiking, multi day mm -hmm. backpacking. That you know, you have a single goal, and that's you know, you get up and you're hiking to the next campsite, and everything else kind of kind of falls away. All the complexity of modern life, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the appointments, the phone calls, the you know, whatever else is going on in our lives, uh, all that's all that's uh, you know. On. just falls by the wayside and, and yeah. you, you're just doing your thing out there. I, th I think it's probably very similar for these small villages. It's not, it's not complicated. Yeah. And life that is, is simple and right. you have your family and, and, and definitely in a way I envy that for sure. Mm -hmm. And how did the locals treat you? How do they, how do they treat tourists over there? Yeah. So it was uh, really nice. Again, I don't feel like tourism there. I think Iceland, you know, gets a huge part of the tourism that's coming over from the States um, and Europeaners. I don't feel like Faroes Island based how, you know, talking to people, they definitely get some, but they're, they're not getting a ton like Iceland um, is. So, you know, I, I think that is helps. Like we went to, um, we were there, I believe it was August, end of July, August, and there's a summer festival um, in the town that we were at. And honestly, I didn't know about this. I didn't know about, um, I, I read it after we had booked our Airbnb. And it, so it just kind of worked out and it was a rock festival. And apparently it's the biggest rock festival uh, on the islands. And it's a local thing, you know, there's, there's some Europeaners, Europeaners that are coming over. Now, when you say rock festival, I just want to, I want to clarify and make sure I don't get the wrong understanding here. You're like talking about rock music and not, rock not like, not like, uh, you know, rock. Not rocks. like hiking. Yeah, yeah no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> rock music. Okay. So you go hiking and then you come down and do rock music. So yeah, rock, a rock music festival. So we went to that and we ended up going into one of the school's gym and they had like a little festival for kids. They had a bunch of blow ups and 
we sat in the bleachers with some local moms and we were chatting about, you know, kids, moms can always relate to each other pretty quickly. And I was checking out their strollers because the strollers that they have over there, because it gets so cold, they are huge. I mean, they're at six feet. I felt like, like they were probably not that big, four feet, I would say, um, with these huge tires. I mean, it looked like they were going to take them out you know, through the snow, but they're super warm and all wool. Um, and all of the moms had these strollers. And so that was a, a thing that we were talking about and, but yeah, nice. And a lot of them spoke English. Um, so that, I mean, I think English is their second language there. What's their um, first? Uh, oh gosh. Is it, is it Danish? Danish. Yeah. yeah because okay. they're, they're province of Denmark. Right. And they use the crony. Yeah. So it's Danish, but there's, there's a, they have a spin to it, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then English. So, um, and we, you know, we didn't have to converse with people. That, I would say you could fully not immerse yourself or talk to locals or anything just based on how the Faroe Islands are, you know, hiking, being out in nature. Mm-hmm. There's not a ton of restaurants on, in these little towns that are all over the place. Um, so you really could go over there and not, but we went to that uh, rock festival that was in uh, a different language. <laughs> we were rocking out. <laughs> it was interesting. It was, I have some pretty funny video on that. <laughs> the kids were having a good time. Nice. Well, you know, you have to send me pictures and videos of what we're talking about so we can, you know, promote this episode. And I'd, I'd love to see some video from this rock concert. Rock yes, event. I will. Yeah. I will send it to you. It's really good. It's good. Okay. Yeah. All right, so we've covered the Mulafasser waterfall. And again, with the names of places, if you just say it with confidence, Cassie, yeah, no, no one's going to question you. Just, just say it with confidence. <laughs> be just fine. All right, well, this what, next what one, we're going to have to use a lot of confidence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so the next one is the optical illusion hike. Basically, if you, if you Google that, you will – I think it's probably the only place that would pop up in the world, and it's Lake – Sorvaxvaton. <laughs> Sounds good. So it is, yeah. So it's the largest lake in the Faroe Islands. So this one, this one was interesting. We, I had seen pictures oh, again. Is this the lake that's like on the edge of a cliff overhanging yep. the ocean? Yep. yep. That looks incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. So naturally, I saw pictures on Pinterest, and I was like, "Well, we have to do this." So did all the research, put it in our itinerary and everything. And it really is, so you go and you park. It's managed by the park rangers. You do have to pay to go on this hike. Um, it, I, it's very cheap. And you get hot chocolate at the end. So we were like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you park, and it's a, it's a flat hike out. There's a few little hills, but you're walking straight out to the ocean. And then right at the end, you just hike straight up. Uh, this huge hill and you it's you know a little peninsula that just juts out into the ocean and you go to the very uh south tip of that and you turn around and look back and all of a sudden like if you line if you line it up right it uh, the the lake literally looks like it's floating on top of um the the edge the, the edge of the cliff and then you have the ocean right below you and then off to the the left, if you're looking at the lake from there, then you can hike back down 
the mountain and go over um, down the coastline a little bit and you'll see a beautiful waterfall there as well that's cascading into the ocean. So, and I have, again, the coolest picture. I hiked up first because I wanted to get pictures of my husband and the kids down like over by the lake. And um, then my son and my husband hiked up and I was down with my daughter after she hiked up. And I have just the coolest picture of my husband and son way too close to the edge. <laughs> but they're just these tiny little dots, um, you know, looking over this ginormous cliff into the ocean. It's just beautiful. And we were there. That one we ended up, um, we had done a lot of stuff and visited a few towns prior. And that one we were doing at sunset. So I believe we were hiking out there at like eight o'clock at night. So obviously you still had plenty of light, but the lighting was unbelievable. It was gorgeous. Oh, I can't wait to see the pictures. Yeah. Now you say it's an optical illusion. What, what mm -hmm. is the reality? I mean, I know what the optical illusion looks like because I've, yeah. I've seen the pictures, but what is yeah. the reality? So the reality is there is a lake there that you pass by. But the way when you get to the, the farthest point south, um, when you turn around and you kind of you line up the two um, parts of the cliff, it, it just is, looks like it's sitting right on top of, like just floating on top yeah. of the, the edge of the cliff. So it is there. But it's crazy. I mean, I know you've seen the pictures. It's because then you can you could step out into a different area and you're like, oh, okay, well, there's the lake there. But when you get to the southernmost part and you turn around and you look back, the way the cliff just combines together, all of a sudden you're like, whoa, this this lake is just just floating on top of the edge. Got it. So the reality is it's it's actually set a little bit further back. And a little bit further like, back. And just looks like a lake, you know, yep. like like a, a normal lake. But because yep. of the way yep. the cliffs line up, when you're standing at a certain point, it looks like the, it's like right at the very edge and hanging yep. over. Got it. Yep. Yeah. And as you're hiking up there, you know, you're, you're having the whole time you have this lake to your right as you're hiking up there. And so I kept thinking like, oh, I don't know if I'm doing this right. We'll, we'll see if this, if this all of a sudden pops out, but it does. You just keep going, keep going up and keep going out. Got oh, and side note, I'm terrified of heights. Terrified. So this, this one, getting to the edge where you actually need to be to see it is, it always tests me, but I just continue to do these hikes and jump out of planes and do things to, push myself, I guess. Wait, 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 wait. Jump out of planes? <laughs> Where did this come from? Yeah. <laughs> so in Hawaii, when we were stationed in Hawaii, I was like, I don't feel like I can leave. I had always, I wanted to skydive, but I didn't want to skydive. <laughs> but I was like, I feel like I'm in Hawaii. You can't leave Hawaii and not skydive. Or if I'm going to do it, you know, I'm going to do it. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, really Cassie, was... <laughs> Cassie, I've been to Hawaii five times. I've never had the thought I've never. got a skydive before didn't have I it. No, sorry. I know. And, you know, the funny thing is, is I had um, a couple cousins in town that were visiting, and they are adventurous and young, and they, you know, were looking for something to do on their last day. And I was like, well, I've, all, I've wanted to do this, but I've been too scared to do it. How do y'all feel about it? And... Um, they were like, yes, let's do it. And I called my friend the night before and I was like, who's also terrified of heights. 
And I was like, Hey, you want to jump out of a plane tomorrow? And she was like, no, no, no way. No way. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) So we went back and forth, back and forth. And then we finally decided that we were just going to do it and not turn around. And so the next day we went and it was unbelievable. Absolutely amazing. I won't ever do it again, but I did it. <laughs> now, did your husband give you any pointers? Because I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Army Rangers have, have done that upon occasion. Yep, yep, yeah. He didn't really give me any pointers. To be honest, I didn't talk to him about it. It was, it was a little bit of an internal struggle being a mom. And like I was like, oh, am I, am I making the right decision just for enjoyment? It's one thing he's doing it for his job. Um, so I kind of was just like, I feel like we should just not talk about this. I'm just going to go jump and I'll call you when I land. (laughs) So we left it at that and it ended up, you know, being fine and good and everything. So, but yeah, no, he, uh, you know, I think if he had advice, he would just be like, I hope your shoot opens up. (laughs) Tuck and roll. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Sorry for the sidetrack there, but yeah, I, no, I, I could, couldn't let that pass without uh, <laughs> exploring a little bit more. So, no all right. So the optical illusion hike, very, cool, yeah. Very so, cool. you know, absolutely gorgeous. Have to do it. Another one of those iconic hikes, not strenuous, not hard, definitely steep um, on the, the very last part. But again, the view, if you're there in the summertime and you can do it in the evening time when the sun is setting and just hitting the, um, the cliff side, you know, the, the cliffs were lit up beautiful orange when we were there. It just, you know, it was beautiful. Another, again, another place where I was like, just leave me here. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Nice. How about the, uh, the next one? How do you pronounce that one? Take us, take us through that. So we're going to go with McKines Island. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So this one is, uh, awesome uh, as well. Definitely a big iconic one too, that you see, this is a separate Island that you have to take a ferry to. Um, so some tips on that, if you're going to do that, there are two ferries, one in the morning and then one returning home. You can, there are a couple Airbnbs that you can stay over on the Island overnight. However, caveat to that, uh, when we left there, I know that they changed the rules for specifically for this Island because it's a bird sanctuary for the puffins. Mm. So it's like the largest puffin colony in the world. Um, and obviously people are, you know, avid bird watchers, hikers, nature lovers. They're coming over there specifically to see the puffins, um, during the summertime. And so they're having to protect their environment and all that stuff. So I, I do believe some rules have changed. Um, but you can pre-book your ferry ticket and you have to do that. So we were able to do that, pre-booked our ferry ticket. Um, the ferry left from the town that we were staying in, our Airbnb. So that was super convenient. Um, and you don't take your vehicle over there. This one, you're just, it's a passenger ferry. Um, we went over there. The ferry ride in itself is unbelievable because you're, going in between all of these different islands to get over to, um, I believe it's the furthest West Island, um, in the, the grouping mm-hmm. and, um, you're, it's enclosed, it's cold and freezing and very choppy. So if you get seasick, you might want to have a little something ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, bring you into 
this little port that used to, I believe the helicopters land there as well. So there's a, a couple different ways that you can move about the islands. You can go car, there's public transportation, and then the locals use helicopters that just bebop from place to place. You can, as a tourist, use those, but you pay more and you have to schedule, um, you have to reserve your spot. So the hike, you just... Is there a strong Uber presence on the uh, Faroe Islands? No, no Uber. No, okay. <laughs> but if I were to ever be an Uber driver, that would be a fun place to be an Uber driver. <laughs> um, so yeah, you get off the, the boat there and the whole, basically the whole hike is the whole entire island. And that's, I loved it for that in itself so much. So, and then along the way, you're going through little suspension bridges. There's puffins that are all over the place. And I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of a puffin, but they're the cutest Besides penguins, they're the cutest little birds ever. And they're hilarious because when they're in their nesting, um, when they're trying to get into their nest, they, they literally dive bomb into the side of the mountain, into their little burrow. And so you'll just be sitting there and you're on the trails. You have to stay on a certain trail. Um, and so you're on the trails and you'll just see these puffins just flying over you, dive bombing into the side of the mountain. My kids love that one. <laughs> So at the end, so you, you, you hike the whole island and at the end, so it's in basically a loop. You can do a loop. Um, there's a lighthouse and we always pack food definitely at this place and, and on this island, you want to bring your food, your snacks, your water, everything that you would need. Um, and we just put a blanket down and had a picnic right by this lighthouse. There were sheep that were walking all around us and we're looking back at the hike that we just did and yeah with puffins flying all over us <laughs> wow yeah incredible yeah yeah definitely one of those moments it's you know i've had a lot of pinch me moments in our travels and that was one of those moments and again just crystal clear day i mean we couldn't there's so many blogs that i read in preparation for this trip that said they, you know, were supposed to go out to this island, but it was the, the ferries were canceled. So that was one thing that they, that also I picked up on as a tip is to do this plan for this hike um, and, and venture early in your trip. Don't save it to the last minute because there are a lot of times that it gets canceled due to weather. And so that way then you're able to move it back if need be. Um, so that was our, I believe on our second day, we did that. And, and thankfully we were able to have, um, perfect weather. It was absolutely gorgeous, but that's definitely a tip for you. Um, if you're, you're heading there to do that. Yeah. The, the geography of the, the Faroe Islands is just, um, incredible. The pictures that I've seen, these, these islands, you know, jutting straight up mm -hmm. these cliffs, um, often shrouded in clouds, um, mm -hmm. So the fact that you, you had such fantastic weather, how, yeah. how fortunate for you. Yeah, we, I do hundred percent agree with that. We were so fortunate because it, you know, it still would be an amazing different experience, probably eerie at times if the clouds were, were in and the wind and all that stuff that they normally have, but to be able to look out and see, you know, six of the islands out in the distance and Iceland, the, the tip of, I, you know, Iceland and one of our hikes, like it was unbelievable. Okay. All right. How about the Fossa waterfall? 
That yeah, so, so this one was coming back from, uh, so you take the ferry back from uh, McKinds Island, and so the Fossa Waterfall, ironically enough, it's their tallest waterfall in the Ferris Islands. It's actually pretty easy to get to. And um, easiest, right easiest to pronounce, too. Yeah, easiest. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're confident about that one. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, that one was super easy. We were able to park on the side of the road. That's the thing about the Faroe Islands, too. I, you know, there's definitely rules and clean, amazing roads. And, and I don't know if it, we just recognize that because we live in, in Naples, Italy, and I don't know if anybody has ever, if you've ever been here or been told, but it's, it, it's very third world esque in Naples, specifically Naples, Italy. The roads are horrible. The, the infrastructure is, you know, challenging at times. So uh, when the we travel, went, the travel bureau is not going to send you your check this week. Sorry. I know, I know. <laughs> hey, but maybe it'll elicit change. They need that. But um, yeah, the when we were there, I mean, we just constantly were just like this place is amazing these roads are amazing for being on in the middle of nowhere you know these just dramatic cliffs and you have these perfect roads so anyways easy park place to park um and we used you can use different apps that there were trails all over the place i mean we'd be driving and i'm sure there are you know hundreds of trails that i hadn't even looked up or found but you basically can pick any island and go and park and find an amazing trail just up and over the mountains all over the place. So the Fossa waterfall one, I love that. Um, it's beautiful. Um, and the, the kids and, you know, enjoyed playing in the water and so yeah, and easy, easy to get to. Okay. Which brings us to the fifth one, the Calsoy lighthouse yep. hike. Yep. Yep. Good job. Yep. That sounds okay. good to me. So Calsoy okay. lighthouse, um, okay, so this one is on a so different I, see, island. See, I'll take the easy pronunciations. Yeah. I, I, I'm not <laughs> even going to attempt say, the other ones. I'll leave those to you. Where were you on the lake one? <laughs> yeah, nope, not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, the Kalsoy Lighthouse, this is on another island, the island of Kalsoy. Um, this one you can take a car ferry to, and it's nice having your car there because you do have to um, have the, a little bit of a transportation to get to the trailhead part. Um, and you cannot pre-book this, at least when we were going. So you have to show up. I let's just say our ferry was at nine. I think I read that um, you needed to be there forty-five minutes in advance. So we were the third car, but they fill up. So and like I said, you unfortunately you can't book it. So this was another one that we were told to do early on in the trip, just in case you didn't make that ferry, because there's one ferry there in the morning, and one ferry in the afternoon. Don't know there's two ferries in the afternoon because some people would get stuck there. So I think they do their best to make sure everybody is going and coming, but you're also with the locals, you know, locals are trying to go there. Tourists are trying to go there. So um, anyways, the car ferry was efficient, great, easy, got on that, headed to Kalsoy again, another beautiful ride um, to get to this Island. And this was another lighthouse one. This one I would say was probably the hardest um, and most strenuous one just because of the incline. Um, but it, you know, the views are amazing the whole entire time. You're, you know, that's the thing about the Ferris Islands. You don't have to hike far or high to get amazing views. You're starting just overlooking 
you know, again, eight islands that are all in the distance that is just geographically, you know, mind blowing in itself. So, um, yeah, so this one was like, you're kind of scaling the side of the mountain, um, and working your way around it and then, uh, climbing up to the, the lighthouse. Um, and then there's a second part to it that my husband and children braved. I decided they needed a picture taken of them. So I decided to Smart. stay back, but <laughs> they went out on the little part that juts out with, you know, death drops on both sides out to a different point where you can look back at the lighthouse. Um, and it's another, you know, real iconic picture that you see of um, Ferris Islands. And again, another day that we had perfect weather, absolutely beautiful. And, um, there was that my kids were the only kids on these islands that we saw hiking as tourists for sure. So they're up there and I have a picture of my son who's crazy, um, and doesn't stop. And he's up there just like, you know, fingers crossed and he's got, or he heels crossed and he's just sitting there and he's just so zen and these mountains are in the background. And I was like, wow, he's actually sitting still. <laughs> so, yeah, some kids just have pictures of, uh, you know, their backyard uh, birthday party and your son's got mm -hmm. pictures like that from the Faroe Islands. That's incredible. Yeah. So they, we feel very fortunate that we have lived in amazing places to be able to take them um, to do amazing things. And, you know, that's what we always say. We, we much rather, um, one traveling with kids is, is hard. Like they, you know, if they're out in nature, life is good. They're not fighting. They're happy. My son's, you know, picking up rocks and sticks and using his imagination to be a ninja. Like we, we are all about that over electronics at the house and all that stuff. So smart. Smart. Yeah. All right. Great learning for kids. Well, I was going to say great learning for kids too. My, there was um, one hike, particularly in Hawaii that we were doing with my daughter. It was the um, cocoa head and it's like a thousand 48 steps, old, old railway steps straight up a mountain. And it's, it's intense. And we were taking her up it and she just halfway through just flat out was like, I'm not going, <laughs> I'm done. So we had a, you know, come to Jesus talk and we were talking her through it and ended up getting her head right. And she powered through it and made it to the top. And I think that's the only time that I've ever had her quit or say that she wanted to quit on a hike. And, you know, I love that they both have the passion for getting out there in nature and no matter the, the level that we're doing, they're out there, you know, doing the hikes. Right. I mean, you, you have them doing that kind of thing and it, it really builds their grit to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, stick to things and, and see them to their finish. So excellent. Yep. 100%. All right. Any last uh, final thoughts on the Faroe Islands or uh, other stories? No, I mean, my biggest advice, I know that it's, it's hard to get to. It's not, uh, you know, it's probably a little more expensive than what people might want to spend, but I just, I say go, just absolutely go. If you can do it, get out there at some point. So it's, it's 100% worth it. Nice. What is, uh, what's next for Cassie and the family? What are your next adventures? Well, we, um, that's a good question. <laughs> not what we had originally planned. 
Um, we're, wait we're waiting to hear. We keep getting told that we're going to be locked down again here. So I'm going to assume that we're not. And so the kids have spring break coming up here soon. I think we're going to try to get back up to the Dolomites one more time. I'm going to stay positive and say that we're going to be able to get up there um, and do a little bit more. Uh, well, this would be probably skiing right now for them. Mm -hmm. um, and get up to the mountains a little bit more. If not, then if we're still locked in our region, we're gonna head back to where we were last weekend, which is a beautiful area, no snow, great hiking. Just go find some more trails to, to get on and wear them out. <laughs> okay. Hey, I've got a, a, a top five I'm gonna ask you. You ready? Okay. Yep. Okay, so you've been to the Faroe Islands, you've been to Iceland, you've been to Scandinavia, all over Europe, um, from that particular region of the world, kind of Scandinavia, you know, Northern Europe, and uh, the Faroe and Faroe Islands in Iceland. What are your top five sites from from those areas? Yeah, so let's see. Okay, so we went one year. We were in Karuna, Sweden, which is very uh, northern Sweden, um, and we went to the Ice Hotel, the largest ice hotel in the world. Stayed the night there. Must do. The northern lights are unbelievable. Okay. We were doing reindeer races and dog sleds. You know, I've, I'm from Houston. I've never experienced that cold in my life, but I still would go back. It's absolutely amazing. And one of those moments, too, where, again, it was just a surreal moment mm -hmm. on how, uh, especially the, spending the night in an ice hotel, like, that was crazy. Um, so we also have uh, been over to St. Petersburg, Russia. That really is a phenomenal city. So much history and culture, uh, but just, you know, a whole different world, a whole different world. So that was mm -hmm. amazing. Okay. Um, we've been to the Archipelago. I'm going to probably butcher that in Sweden. It's the southern part of Sweden. Um, it's a whole grouping of little islands. Um, we sailed through there. That was epic. Definitely okay. recommend that. Um, and then Iceland, you know, Iceland was phenomenal. I'd have to say when we started out and we were in Reykjavik, uh, didn't love it at all. And I was actually pouting and saying I wanted to go back to the Ferris Islands. But we kept driving south and getting away from the city. And some of the hikes that we went on out there, the Black Sand Beach near Vik, um, unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. You know, again, in summertime when the sun is up at 11 PM, but setting just mm -hmm. gorgeous. Um, let's see, how many was that? That's four. Four. You have one more. Okay. Well, I'm going to cheat a little and I'm going to do one that we were supposed to move to, um, Norway. We were told that we were moving to Norway instead of Naples, Italy. And I did all the research. I knew where we were going to live, the school that my kids were going to go to, but there's a hike there. It's called the Troll's Tongue that sticks out. It's right outside of Stravanger, uh, Norway. I got to say, I haven't been there. I've been to Norway. We've been to Oslo. Again, that was in the city and we were supposed to make it there and we didn't. So I'm just going to throw that one on there because I'm hoping that it'll happen before we leave here. Um, but the, the, point that you get to overlook the canal um mm -hmm. looks unbelievable so i'm gonna say that one because i'm gonna make that one happen before speak we leave it, speak it into existence very good yes yep <laughs> good. hey cassie you know where we are no 
we are at that time of the episode where I ask you for your pro tip insight of the week. What do you have to share with our listeners that's going to make their next outdoor experience that much more epic? All right. Well, I'm going to leave you with a quote that I kind of live by, which is, you always miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Um, I think it was Wayne Gretzky that maybe said it first, but I learned it from Pele, the great soccer player. Um, I don't know. That's just kind of my motto that I think of, uh, my tip on life and, you know, go do that hike, go on that trip, go on that adventure, say yes more, figure it out later. Um, especially after this past year, I think we all need to live a little bit more like that. I love that. Say yes more, figure it out later that you you are a budding through hiker. That's, that's a through hiker (laughs) philosophy right there. Very good. Thanks. (laughs) All right. So there you have it. That's it. Season two, episode 13 is in the books. I hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Cassie and I want to thank her for joining us this week. Cassie, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram as Cassie Johannes, C-A-S-S-I-E-J-O-H-A-N-N-E-S, and also on Facebook. Um, I'm on there right now. That's all I'm committing to on social media. <laughs> but enough. I post all my stuff and our next adventures and um, every place that we've been. And I, you know what? I keep all of my itineraries, and I'm, I'm happy to share with anybody that asks questions because I love helping people explore the world. You should set up a website and post all those itineraries. I know I should. There's time. (laughs) All right. Remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakamir at gmail.com. Cassie, I'm also looking to you to give our listeners a recommendation for a book or a movie or a documentary, a YouTube channel that will help them keep connected to outdoor adventures. We call this our adventure media recommendation. What do you have for us? Yeah, there's so many, there's so many, but I'm going to go with right now. What I'm loving um, are my, my Instagram families that I follow that are also adventurous and traveling. They have YouTube channels. I learned so much about tips um, with that, but the bucket list family is one of my favorite. They speak to me because they've got kids, young kids, and they're, out there making it happen and exploring this world. And I love watching them. Um, Here We Go Again is another fabulous one. You can find them on Instagram. And then Baby Can Travel is, uh, again, back to traveling with a a newborn is always a different dynamic. So I like watching those. Um, Our Globe Trotters is another awesome one that I watch and learn a lot from. And then cleverhiker.com. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a big site that I read a lot of stuff on, get a lot of tips on and equipment and, um, you know, all different, all different stuff in regards to hiking. Excellent suggestions. Thank you so much. So that's a wrap from the John freaking your studio. Any final thoughts or any shout outs you want to, you want to give to anybody out there, Cassie? Well, I got to give a shout out to Nikki because she's my, my, my uh, funny story. Nikki and I have never met in person. We just, you know, know each other over social media and we work together. So um, love her. She's awesome. I love watching her pictures. So, hey, Nikki. And then to all my fellow military family out there, um, we always love meeting new people every place that we go. And we're so thankful for the amazing people that have come into our life that we get to adventure with. Nice. Thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if there are puffins dive bombing the cliffs over your head. The trail is the trail. 
embrace the suck. 